Welcome to the Legacy of Our African-American Lives podcast, where our stories become oral histories that are created to uplift, empower, and enrich the next generation. Today, I am pleased. Oh, I forgot to tell you who I am. I am Tangela Irvy, and I am the host. I am pleased today to introduce you to a very special cousin, and she is so special that I really have to think harder when I start to explain the relationship, but the best way to explain it is her mother is, was my grandfather's sister, and her father was my grandmother's brother, so she and my mom were double first cousins. A way of thinking about this, I read a story in the news the other day where two, a set of twins married another set of twins. Well, that's pretty much the situation. A set of siblings married another set of siblings. They just weren't twins. Well, welcome to the show, my double, my mother's double first cousin, Ann Johnson. And welcome to the show. Thank you. And it's an honor to be here today and seeing you and reminding me of so many great things about you when you were young. Oh, wow. So we'll, we'll get into that maybe some other time. I don't want you telling any secrets about me, but what we... <laughs> What I'm excited to hear about today is, and I, I explained this to you a little bit earlier, as I read my children's book to children across the country, they often ask me about the experiences of children growing up in G's Bend and what school was like. So I wanted you to come and share with the podcast audience a little bit about how it was growing up in G's Bend, and I'll let you take it from there. Growing up, I grew up in a household where it was eight girls and five boys, and my mother and father, they were farmers. And everything that we did, it was from the farm. My father was a fisherman and a hunter. So all of our living came through the farm. We had the chickens, the pigs, the cows, and the goats, and, and, and all of that. And my mother did the garden. And so my bringing up as a child was a very difficult thing because it was so many of us. And there were many times that we didn't even have enough viticals to eat, but through prayer, my mother was a praying woman, and through prayer, it was always someone that would come knocking on the door, especially your grandfather. Your grandfather liked to walk the creek on a pole, so we would see him coming up the back of the house with a sack on his shoulder for some viticals for his sister, and if he didn't do it, he would send your uncle mayor. That's what we call him growing up. And he would come on that mule and say, hi, Doc. We call our mom, Doc. Said, Doc, my pop sent you this. But it was always very difficult. When I grew up, it, was, it wasn't a lot to eat. It wasn't a lot to do. It was like three houses in the area that I live in. We didn't have the outside bathrooms. And we had to go outside to the toilets. And, and it was very difficult. But one thing happened in growing up, we had a lovely family. We had union and prayer and togetherness. And that is the most awesome thing that I can experience as growing up as a child, because when we didn't have, my father and mother always told us not to be prideful, but to walk in pride because no one gonna know what you don't have unless you tell them. So in my growing up, it was very hard and we had to work the fields, pick the okras and, do all of those things. And my best days growing up was when it was time to go to school. I only had two pair of shoes and it was a pair of sneakers and 
a pair of shoes. And even today, I like being barefooted because when you wore those shoes out, that was it for that year. So, but my father was a, in his best ability. He always tried to provide for the family, but it was very difficult, you know, and um, we didn't get to go to school like other kids. We went to school when it was time to register. But after that, we was in the fields. And I used to always pray to the Lord, let it rain, Lord, let it rain. Because if the rain come, we can go to school. And that was a part of my bringing. That was very difficult and hard. A lot of things that my parents didn't have. And as a little girl, I used to run to my Uncle Boston and Uncle Johnny house to get viticals and different things from them. And sometimes I would be so ashamed to go so many times. It would be as if I would say my mother, they wasn't at home because I just got tired of going, asking them for a little salt, a little, a little flour, a little cornmeal. So it was very difficult. And also growing up, my mother and father, your grandfather, which was Horace Petaway, he, he was always at the, at the cert meal. He did the grinding of the corn. So when the harvest came, we took the, the corn to the cornmeal. And the cornmeal, they would ground up the cornmeal, and that's what we would have for cornmeal. And the husk, which we call shaft today, we use that for the grits. So, but it was always something because through prayer and believing God, my mom and dad always had something. And my mom, she would always eat last to make sure we had things to eat, but it never affected us. So my upbringing was very hard and difficult, but it was a stepping stone for me to learn how to be grateful and to appreciate when it's nothing to always be thankful for nothing. And so that, that was good part. And the good part was when I got to go to my cousin June house, to Uncle Boston house, because her grandmother will always be cooking some. The only thing I didn't understand is why her grandma took so long to fix the food when I had to go home. But nevertheless, I got a chance to get some food and I like going there because my cousin and I, we was, we was partners in crimes, you know. And we did a lot of great things together. And even to this day, June and I are very, very close. And, uh, and the best part of it is when I got to go to town, every lifetime at the end of the harvest, my father would put us on the back of the 57 truck and we would ride to town. town. But not that we was going to do anything great, but the fact that my father, he had a, a store there. And, and because I think my father was a mason, he was in the Mason thing and he, and he had a way that when we didn't have that, that people would make doors open for him. And that was awesome. And my mother, she was such a praying woman and faith, woman of faith and wisdom. And people used to come from afar in the country to, to hear her wisdom. And I just thank God for that because she was, she been had faith. Even then we didn't know what faith was. Like now I look back to realize we were living on faith through poverty and hard times. And, um, and there were times the crop didn't yield much. And uh, my father would, didn't have the extra to buy us the clothes, but my mother would take the, 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 the thing that the fertilizer came in and she would take the bleach and wash it. And she would make us a skirt or a dress to wear to school or she would take that material and do underwears and she would put the rubber around the underwears and that's what we wore for panties like now you got all kinds of panties but we only had one pair and we had to wash them every night and it, it was difficult but 
it, it really, when, you, when I look back over, it brought joy because I realized how my mom and dad, how they were together and, and, and taking care of us. And the good part about it was when it rained, I got to go to school. And Dr. King, I just got to throw him in there because that was the Alabama G's band part is when the voting right came and we wanted to, to vote and how we used to go to Camden and march with Dr. King and how we used to sit in the church all night. And when we would go up to the courthouse, we couldn't get in there because the, 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 the officers and all of those the lawmakers wouldn't allow us to get so far. And then there were times when we dis they dispersed gas or tear, or tear gas on us. And Dr. King was such an awesome man because he would take the opportunity to shear us. And many trips he made to the courthouse to get a permit for us to march. And many days it was turned down. But nevertheless, we kept pressing on in the things that we believe in. And I think my upgrowing hard times in the country gave me a persistence of what I believe in and also the faith of being determined that feeling victory in whatever I stretched my hands to do because I realized that that help came only through God. And, uh, and that was it, it was very difficult. We didn't have lights, we didn't have running water and we didn't know what gas was. We had the old pot belly stove and that was times even when the pot belly stove wouldn't exist. My mom used to cook on the fireplace and she used to set the pot on the fireplace. We had to go gather the kindling. We didn't have water. So we had to go to the creek and now under the creek with this beautiful little spring, spring was there. We had to go and get the water. And the thing about the water, you couldn't play around and make the spring muddy because if you did and you brought the water home muddy, you had a problem with your mom. So, but anyway, that was the part of growing up and we had to stay out of school to, to wash the clothes on the washboard and hang them on the line. And, and all those things was very hard and difficult, but it, it affected my life even today in an awesome way because it taught unity and, and family love and family togetherness that it doesn't matter what you have, it's what you believe in. And we believe that uh, there would be a way be made and it always were a way made you know, that was made for my family. And growing up, I always looked for the opportunity that when I got out of school, that I would do the things for my mom that I, and dad that they didn't have when I was a child. And the first thing, so I was, I was in school and I graduated from high school and I was the valedictorian of my high school. And I went to, I went to Miles College and, but it just it seemed like that wasn't a thing. So I went through many channels to, find my destiny and I found my destiny and that made me complete and during that process I always was sending my father he didn't care for too much of anything he just wanted the Prince Albert tobacco and he just wanted the cigarette the papers that you roll it in and, and that was all he wanted give him that those couple raw pants and that yellow canker shirt he wasn't a fussy man and give him that Maxwell coffee that woke us up early in the morning. I used to hate it. I just started drinking coffee, you know, remembering the country days is because the, 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 the coffee that I knew when my father put the coffee on, it was time to get up. And that part, I, I hate it. We smelled the coffee. Oh my God, it's time to get up and go to the field. Time to go pick the okra. It always was something. It wasn't the okra, it was the squash. 
It was the peas, or we had to go strip the millet or the cane, or we go into the cornfield. Better yet, my mother would have this quilt that you have to get up and get this cotton and beat the quilt and make the quilts and do sewing even before we was able to go into the field. So my bringing up as a child wasn't a great lifestyle, but it was a good lifestyle as I look back on it because it brought joy and it taught me how to, to love and to care and to share because that's what they did in my community. If one didn't prosper, they always look out for the other. And even today, family cousins are like sisters and brothers and, and no distinguish. My family grew up with no distinction uh, like we see families with feuds. And I can say today, there was no feud that we still have that bind that we had. And it always need a monarch in the family. And even though I was the youngest one and was the little tomboys among five boys, I'm still that monarch in my family that no matter how old my sisters and brothers are, they always call for me for an answer or for a prayer off a direction. And I know for a fact, it's a huge part of who you are right now, because as you were talking, you made me think about how, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this was prior to COVID, that you made a point to come and see about your family here in Connecticut. Where did that come from? It came from my upbringing. My mother, my mother was a woman of determination. She had a strong will. She had a very strong constitution of what she wanted to do. And she never let anything derail her. And if she believed that if God was, would help her, she was able to do it. So I say it stemmed from my upbringing in the country, in G's Bend, where I was bred and born with my mom. And, and, and coming there to visit your family through all of that, it wasn't easy because the time that I visit your mom, the bus almost skidded off the road, but it was my determined that I was coming. And I got up like one o'clock in the morning to take a bus into Bridgeport. And to me, family means everything. Not only does family, but people. God has given me a yearning and a desire for people, not because you are black, not because you are white, not because you are poor or Asian or Caucasian or whatever you might be. He has given me a hunger for souls and to reach out and care for the needy in any way that I can, whether it's encouraging the word or just a prayer or just to say, God loves you, whatever it is. I always had that reach out, even growing up as a kid, because I never really associated with young people. I always hung around older people because I had a desire to help them. I wanted to listen to their wisdom. You know, I wanted to listen to their instruction as a child. So I was young, but I was old because I hung around older people. So that was inspiring for me. There is such wisdom in that. And I really believe that your generation growing up in G's Bend, somewhere along the line that was embedded because that was my mom. You know, she was always do, trying to do something to help someone who was older. My mom always believed that it was our responsibility to take care of those who were older than us, to take care of people who were sick. And I just want to take time personally to thank you for coming to visit her during my mom's last days, because it meant so much to me to have someone there who I knew loved my mom. And your mom was special. I like, could nobody make no collard greens like her. 
Oh my God. And the tea cakes, my first lady, Apostle Joy's favorite, love those tea cakes. And Maxine tries to make them, but she said it ain't like Florida's. But <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> mine, mine are getting close. I haven't, I haven't practiced in a while. And that was, there were a few things that my mother said that she wanted us to continue doing, very few things. But one of the things is to continue making the tea cakes with her grandgirls. And so with COVID, it's set us back a little bit. But that is the plan. And actually, um, the youngest one contacted me a little while ago that she wanted to try to make them. And so she sent me some pictures. So that was my hint that I need to step up and we need to start practicing doing them again. But we are trying to continue that legacy as well. Well, Cousin Ann, I don't have to tell you this again because I know you know, but I'm going to say it so that everyone else knows I love you dearly. I know how much you all meant to my mom. I want to thank you for the time that you've given us today. And what I said to you before is this is not the last time that we will have a conversation because I will be coming back to you to learn even more. But what I want to say is you're right. All of these stories are important and it's important that we share. The younger generation is not going to know any of this if we do not put it out there in the world for them to have a place to go back and find the information when they're ready for it. Because that's what tends to happen when we're younger, we're not so much concerned and not interested in a lot of things. But as you get older, as you live life a little bit, you decide that you need to go back to the core. You know, you need to go back to why am I like this? You know, I want to know about my family because it, it, it tells you who you are when you learn about what has happened in the past and the legacy of your family. So for all of my listeners, I want to thank you for joining us on the legacy of our African-American lives podcast today. 